Escape from Plan A. Hey, what's up, listeners? Another episode of Escape from Plan A for you. I'm here with a great foursome, Jong, Jess, and Teen. What's up, guys? Hey, what's up? Huh? Nothing much. Yeah, in this episode, we're going to talk about uh, making friends as you get older, you know, as you leave your school years behind. And I just thought about doing this because with, uh, you know, office culture so up in the air, I think offices have been traditionally been kind of like a last stop, it seems, where you can kind of meet friends, even romantic interests, because, hey, where else are you going to do it? But, you know, these days, like, you know, all bunch of us, we all met online. We're all really good friends. Um, so I think I think it's both kind of a exciting but also maybe scary time to think of what our future holds but before we get to that uh some stuff that's been happening you guys been watching the olympics at all anyone Mm -hmm. yeah it's wrecking my sleep schedule oh really yeah because i haven't been watching a bit no oh well (laughs) that's why they're on at like two in the morning three in the morning you know i'm not because this is some bullshit man you can only watch it live. They NBC makes it super hard to even oh, get yeah. access to it to begin with. So, like, poor Jong is uh, ruining a sleep schedule to watch this. No, I'm an entitled <laughs> millennial. I'm not going to get to retire and I don't have health care. God damn it, I get to stream shit when I want it. Wait, Jess, you don't so, have health care? Well, I do, but I mean, oh. as a generation. <laughs> oh, I see. As okay. a generation, we're not going to retire right. or we don't have health care. But God damn it, our content will be available 24-7. This is this is our entitlement. All right. Yeah, it's really disappointing. We have the technology. It's all there. It's just so backwards. Yeah, I think NBC is also very like they're very uh, stingy about letting clips be on YouTube. Yeah, I mean, I thought for sure because they they because uh, I signed up for their stupid app, the Peacock app, um, and I missed uh, I missed the opening ceremonies. I thought, okay, if anything's going to be like fine, the, the events, sure, whatever. Maybe some of them are going to be live or whatever. I thought at least the opening ceremonies would be available to watch anytime. No, what the hell? You guys are sounding like a bunch of commies. I mean, <laughs> what you're asking for is state affiliated media. <laughs> That's going to give you Shut up, stuff for teen. free for like a bunch of commies. God, if that's what it takes, <laughs> then that's what I'm signing up for the party that gets me streamable Olympics content. That's right. The environment can just go to hell, but I, mean, I want everything streamed. They, they just have could, to share some of the money. Wouldn't they? You know? Why wouldn't they? This is, this is what a monopoly does to a motherfucking network. It's terrible. So, yeah. no, I'm just... I'm not, I mean, so viewership has been going down every single Olympics. And Just it's precisely for, for this reason. But not and for NBC the CBC. Is the only, yeah, <laughs> and, and NBC is the only network that's allowed to even show this in the United States. Yeah. Um. So there's no competition. Well, so there's no. like seven and a half billion dollars for the rights. So. And they complain that viewership in, in is going business, down. If you pay seven and a half billion, you can do whatever the fuck you want. Right. No, I hope they just like so, lose their shirts. Over love it, it or leave it. That's capitalism for you. This is everything yeah. we used to complain about how the USSR ran shit. Yeah. You know that old joke. You know what's uh, what's um, the Soviet machine to cut apples? Oh into yeah, four I, pieces. I heard that in Chernobyl. Great yeah, show. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's a machine that cuts into five pieces. Um, you know, like it's, <laughs> and this is like this is like and like that's starting to sound really freaking familiar. Have you guys been checking out the uh, the metal count fiasco 
That's uh, yeah. America's yeah. getting clowned on. The thing is, I, I ever since I can remember, because you know when I was in Canada, I would watch the Olympics, and I remember my parents also being like, you know, the American way is so stupid. Like no other country does this, which is like rank countries by total medals. Like everybody else in the world uh, only counts gold, and then I guess silvers and bronzes can be used as tiebreakers. And I I don't know when the maybe the U.S. started. I don't know if like the Soviets maybe won more golds. I'm not sure, but I feel like there is an agenda. Like there was a reason why the U.S. doesn't follow the rest of the world. Uh, and I'm wondering if it started with the Soviets. And um, I think ever since Beijing, I think hasn't China always won the gold medal count? So now it is extra incentive to stick to its to these ways because I, I don't know if they're confident they'll ever win the gold medal count again. And, and we're not. The- we're not gonna. <laughs> It's not going to happen. I don't know what this bitching is about. Like, fine, if you want to slip. Okay, like, you see the metal count slipping? It's obvious why. So what's the, like, so you can either, I don't know, gerrymander a metal count or just report honestly on why we're slipping as a country in, in this bullshit, you know, athletic competition that's run every four years. I, I mean, I don't get the, I don't get the, the emotional turmoil here. It's like it's a state on the nation that we're not leading the gold medal counts. Well, sports is now the domain of the rich again. So I, I don't know what you expect from the talent pool. I got, apparently I have strong opinions on the Olympics or someone who hasn't you, like watched a single event. <laughs> yeah. Do you think uh, this makes a case for um, uh, communism being <laughs> or socialism being uh, positively correlated with gold medal counts? Not really, because we used to do that. We pioneered most of that, in fact. Well, if you look at if it. you look at like the Soviet Union and say like soccer, like the Soviet Union is way better before they broke up. Like Russia's okay. All all the former Soviet satellite states are, you know, they're like they often punch above their weight. Uh, but the Soviet Union used to be a powerhouse. Yeah. Uh, but you know, not as good anymore. I I think it's not about ca- capitalism or communism. It's that a successful program will probably look more similar than not. Right. You recruit a you cr- recruit a very uh-huh. broad talent pool. Um, and within the acknowledgement, the talent can be found anywhere, right? Um, so you do wide recruitment. You support your athletes while they while they're in training. You provide for their care. Um, you compensate them, and you and you support all stages of their journey <laughs> to these upper echelons of the sport. So whether it's like we used to do that here in the United States, just like the USSR did, just I mean, like China's do doing it. now. Yeah, I mean, still it, it was it. just a flipping comment. I didn't really mean it seriously, but oh, I sorry. agree with all that. Yeah, I'm just, I'm yeah. like, I don't know. This is like, I, I, I was, I was kind of like, oh, I get um, what you mean, Chris. Just. You I were think, like, I think this is why, like, the Olympics is kind of a stressful in a way because, especially in America, I don't know what the coverage is like. I watched the Olympics once in Japan. It wasn't. It was in Tokyo. It was in London, but I was watching the Japanese. That was a great Olympics. I love the 2012 Olympics. Yeah, that was, was a pretty Olympics. good one. Yeah. And the the Japanese coverage, I think it was on like NHK, was like, you know, I mean, I don't totally understand exactly what they're talking about, but you could t- tell from context that they were really just covering the events. They were really into the events. They it was a tw- it was almost like nonstop stream of sports. And it was really fun. It was it was a fun display of international sport sporting competition or whatever. But in the U.S., it's just like extremely. There's just a ton of commercials. Um, it's only ever following U.S. athletes. Like yeah. they'll cut mm-hmm. away from great stuff just to watch like 
two American athletes in like the semifinals of some uh, Yeah. Or just and sitting then, on the bench picking their nose while you see the event going on in the background, basically. Yeah, and then a bunch like, of like yeah. backstory, and then they've got a cam on the family and then all this stuff, and then and I'm like, I don't care about this. Stop. And it's 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 um and then they and then they start talking about controversies and Oh, the ROC, you know, are they doping and all this stuff? And I'm like, oh, shut up. Just show the sports and shut up. Uh, today, there was this tweet by the uh, New York Times where, you, you know, in the medal count, they, they represent each gold medal with a little icon. Uh, but China, they, they shrunk everything. So it, it was like for every other country, they use like size 12 font. But for China, they use like size 10 font. And people were climbing on them because, I mean, they could have just started a new row below them. There was space, but I, I think they were just... It was that copium. They were just like, "Oh man, this this is too embarrassing." If we if we showed them too much in the lead, it's it embarrassing like- how much cope there is when it comes to China. I don't know what it is about yeah. China that has got the New York Times so like self conscious. There there was an article where they essentially they essentially accused the Chinese government of trying too hard. They're like, "Oh, did, you know, did you know they target gold what is, medals?" What is wrong with, with the- their China coverage? It's so bizarre. It's, it's a deranged. It's paranoid. Mm-hmm. It's it's so deranged. It's I, I just want to be a fly on the wall. The, the New York Post actually put out that article, meetings. going like, "Stop coping." Like, what what <laughs> what you know? What in the participation trophies is going on here? You rank by gold medals. No, that was Stop Yahoo. With this shit. Or unless they picked up a New York Post article. It was a New York Post article. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, and did you see what happened in the four by one hundred meters relay? I, when was it? Was that yesterday or, or like two days ago? The semifinal, the qualifying. Yeah, U.S. Yeah. comes in six, not even close to qualifying. China came in number one. In yeah, China team. came in number yeah. one. That and, was surprising. I didn't yeah, know they were that fast. Yeah, so I mean that that's pretty embarrassing. Yeah, like all the other events, they can cope by saying, "Well, it's the Chinese," and then those weird little freaks they have with their diving or even like gymnastics but you start yeah, losing I saw that. Track like, every time it's like they talk about you know how china's sweeping the quote miscellaneous sports right um and now they're starting to sweep like main like swimming headlining track. oh they had a little uh, they had a little copy headline or, or a copy little remark too when the china then when china went because i think japan did pretty well in their heat as well well, Japan's been good for quite a while now. Yeah, like so the, the last ten years. Yeah, and so the guys like the commentators like you ever wonder why countries like Japan and China. Oh do yeah, well I heard that. Like, why are you singling them? Out? He's like the reason they do well is because they don't have they can't they don't change their team like they they like they're not free to just like sub in and sub in. like the athletes are they're just you know <laughs> they're committed. And so, therefore, they they just practice like crazy, and there's, you don't, we don't have this like screw ups when it comes to handoffs. And that was it. It wasn't like yeah, because their athletes are fast or whatever. It was more like consistency. You know, they don't have they don't have freedom to choose like <laughs> whether they're going to run it or not. Yeah, it's also why single out the two Asian countries because I'm sure there's like like I think Germany oh, made why. it. I, I well, we know why. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Germany. I, I maybe like they got some black guys there, but I saw some white guys. I think uh, I think those those teams made it so it's like it was so funny how he like singles out two asian countries you can't even say well china is because of communism because japan's the you know opposite of that and it was so obvious like how you know how did these yellow guys do it like yeah. aren't they supposed to be slow and weak well, this is what the olympics are when we get down to it this is like race science it yeah is. yeah it's um, very race at its heart there was you know i was this thinking is that- why we were doing we were this is why we like this is explicit 
right? This is behind those, you know, draconian drug bans. This is supposed to be a demonstration of a country slash, you know, a country in like a blood and soil sense, yeah. uh, superiority against all I the re- others. I remember there was a SNL joke back in the day during, I think, the Nagano Olympics. And um, Christy well, Yamaguchi. Christy Yamaguchi won gold medal for f- women's figure skating. And the joke, I think Norman. No, McDonald's no, no, she it. was retired by then. That was like the Michelle Kwan years. Oh, but okay. Anyway, no, sorry. Yeah. It was, it was, no, what it was was she beat um, a Japanese skater okay. for, for the gold. Oh, no. And uh, the joke was, haha, we showed the Japanese who, who's the best figure skater. And the punchline, of course, was that it was a picture of Christy Yamaguchi, meaning it's an Our interesting Japanese joke. Our Japanese will beat theirs. Yeah, well, the joke Or it doesn't was, count. It doesn't count. It doesn't uh, count yeah. because we had to use a Japanese woman. Yeah, yeah. And it wouldn't count unless we had a white woman basically do it, right? Like, it doesn't... It's We didn't really show it. the Japanese because what this was about is who's the better race. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, Italy won... Funny, right? Italy won the 100-meter sprint, but the guy's, like, half black, so I'm sure there's a lot of people like, oh, you know, I mean, like, it'd be news if, if like, a white Italian won it, but, you know, mm-hmm. we like, yeah. Um... But anyway, yeah, uh, so fuck the Olympics, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on. That, no, that said, there's good – I don't – that said, I think there's been good moments in the Olympics. It's been fun. I mean, there's great moments every time. Like, that's yeah. why people Oh, did you see the, the one where the two high jumpers shared the gold medal? Yeah, that was cool. That was – yeah, that was genuinely did, did you see the pictures? Uh, what was really nice was uh, when um, I think the Chinese won gold for, like, balance beam, and that was the same event where – Oh, was, yeah. Simone Biles That's been won, blowing up. That's been blowing bronze. up, I hear. Yeah, and so uh, like the two, yeah. I think the gold and silver, the two Chinese gymnasts were like kind of overwhelmed a bit, so they were hugging each other, and then uh, Sunisa Lee and Simone Biles were like right beside them, and they were like yeah, hugging and smiling, and I was like, see? Why can't people just be nice? Why can't yeah. people just be nice? Why do you have to say shit about people and their sports machine and the communism and all this shit? Why can't y'all just get along for two weeks and just be nice to each other? That was very nice. I, I, that was a really nice photo. Yeah. Though that our like female gymnastics team is like single handedly doing like actual diplomacy work. Yeah, um, they should in, do in diplomacy <laughs> instead of the fucking State Department and Blinken and all those fucking. <laughs> <users>. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's worthless. Anyway. Anyway, uh, before we move on, uh, have you guys seen the documentary Roadrunner? It's the Anthony Bourdain documentary. I just thought I'd mention no. it because. Uh. Okay. Too soon for me, still. Yeah, um, but anyway, there's an interesting part in it that I think will serve as a nice transition to our main topic in that apparently, so Anthony Bourdain, he was this kind of like, you know, just this chef. He just did a lot of heroin and, you know, just kind of laid about. And, and like in his 40s, he writes uh, Kitchen Confidential and it makes him kind of like a small, small-time literary star and gets him approached into what he'll do, what will become No Reservations. What's really interesting is that that was actually the first time he traveled extensively like i read i read the book i know he went to you know france where his family's from you know for childhood trips but he mostly was it was just jersey guy and you know he he grew up there and then he kind of works in new york city and he, I, I think he made a few trips to like costa rica that was like where he, he and his friends used to like to go but you know he didn't go around europe or asia or any of that and it's so funny because we think of him as the travel guy like our entire world or at least america thinks of him like that but he didn't he didn't start until he was quite old and i I think a lot of the people he probably met um who he would call his closest friends and all the people who appear in the documentary who mourn his death 
uh, the closest, like, you know, Eric Repair, uh, the two Korean Davids. Um, he probably all met later in his life, which I think transitions nicely to our topic, which is, especially because like how we met and everything, this thing of people making friends after, you know, like their early 20s and things and what it might mean like in the future how do we make friends especially if like offices become more virtual even campuses you know like maybe some schools like a lot of schools have been shutting down like colleges because they can't they can't uh keep operating without the tuition so if you don't meet friends at school you don't really meet friends at the office like where are you supposed to meet them and i think maybe like us would you go online find people common interests i don't know uh what do you guys think you're not supposed to have them. That they're distractions <laughs> in your hustle, man. You're they, never they, gonna get a billion. What are your friends are gonna make you a billionaire? Come on. Stop from your productivity units. Yeah. The right friends can. That That's true. true. Elon, hit me up. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I okay. Kidding aside, I mean, it was I, it was a challenge for me. Um. I think uh, like for a long time. Like after school, after college, after grad school, after shuffling around from job to job. So like geographically just being kind of displaced and not, you know, it's hard to put down roots uh, for a good like five, seven years after. So, you know, um, for a long time, like, you know, once I once I thought about it, uh, I was talking to like the same group of people all the time. Um, it was really hard. And it's all friends that I made, um, in, in high school, uh, basically, or uh, like very, like very, they're rare, like very, very good friend that I met along the way since, but like, uh, a lot of acquaintances fell along, fell, uh, along the wayside. Um, so it got, it, it was pretty isolating. Um, so, uh, it's definitely really hard and the way we're, we're supposed to focus on like I, friendship is not valued in in this country in this social context in my opinion like suppressed. you're supposed to focus on work which means you're kind of prioritizing the people at work right you're supposed to um like uh and we overload like a romantic relationship to uh, an absurd degree in my opinion a pathological degree um like and and then comes family like the people you are blood related to uh, friendship is kind of friendship is kind of left to flap in the wind. We don't we don't value it. Um, we're not really given the yeah. It's actively yep. suppressed. There's, it's uh it's it's not encouraged. It's kind of seen as a little. It's okay. I, I'm gonna backtrack a little. I think Facebook fucked us up big time on this one too. Because I remember so? uh, like Facebook started rolling uh, started rolling out in a big way towards the end of my undergrad years. Um, uh so people were like competing on like racking up like friend accounts oh yeah i remember those days yeah yeah like 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 just like uh like just running around like asking people to add them as a friend and people be competing Uh, and i think that was a metric for a long time right just it's not really the friends you have it's how many of them you have as part like as part of your like social media following or something Uh that was your that was your benchmark here so if you had a good number of friends following you on facebook or instagram or whatever then you're just seen as good which kind of um turns friendship into um like a status tool Here's one right. distinction, though. I mean, just if you let me interject, at least with yeah. Facebook, it was always mutual. Like you could not add anyone as a friend unless they added you back. So if if someone saw on your friend count that it was like three hundred, it was mutual. So at least, but now with social media, it's all about your follower count, and then people even like manipulate so they they don't have more 
they're not following more than they follow because they want to all seem popular and influential without even reciprocating. So at least with Facebook, right. it was reciprocated. But yes, go yeah, on. Yeah, so even I, that like limited rule like fell by the wayside. Yeah. Have you heard of uh, the, it's kind of a joke, but also not, uh, but the term like, or the idea, no new friends. The what? Oh, wait, what's that about? No new friends. The idea is, I mean, basically it's saying like, you don't need, the positive spin is like, you don't need new friends because the friends you have got you, right? Like you're so solid mm -hmm. with your existing friends. You don't need new friends in your life. Right. Um, okay, but, assuming you have existing friends. That's yeah. <laughs> or, <laughs> or that those existing friends aren't garbage friends. Because yeah. Let, let, okay. Let's just examine. But, but that mean, uh huh. Well, let's just examine what that traditional model often is predicated on. It, it, it depends on the idea that throughout your grade school and then college, if you went to it, you made this rock solid group of friends who had your back and whatever. But uh, let's examine what really often goes on. Like, who are your childhood friends? Probably people, your neighbors or your, your right. family, your mom's friends, kids. Uh, and then high school, I don't know. And people kind of become friends for all sorts of accidental reasons. And something I found in college was that you often become friends with people whom you dorm close to freshman yeah. year. But yeah. after yeah. a year or two, I, I realized it was like, there's something weird. There's something missing here. I don't know why. Like, I like these people. They're very nice, but uh, there's nothing uh, connecting us, especially after we graduate. I was like, I don't think I'm going to be friends with them after I graduate because once we're, we don't have like share a campus, I don't know what I would yeah. talk to them. That really freaked me out at the time, especially because I had no idea what came after because it's like, I don't even know what job I want. So it, the, the prospect of office friends, um, I, I think that idea is a little ridiculous. But even that, I didn't, I didn't have a clear idea about. So if someone told me, relax, you're gonna, you're gonna meet cool people off of uh, social media like you guys or whatever, I would have, <laughs> I would have been okay with it. But at the time, it, this is like mid to late two thousands. Um, you know, the idea of meeting people off the internet was seen as a freak yeah. thing to do. It does, it yeah. does, um, kind of assume that you have like a good core group already. Yeah, you're definitely right about that. Um, and I think. Like my reading of it, like that's the positive reading, right? Like, oh, my friends are so good that I don't need new ones. But like a more cynical reading of that is that it's really kind of like a fear-based approach. And you're saying like, I trust these people and I'm loyal to them. And loyalty, uh, like teen, as you know, can be used in a toxic manner. Um, and it's also saying like, I can't trust any new person, you know? Um, that's the, that's like the cynical reading of that idea for me. Um, and I, I bring it up just to say like, uh, yeah, I think the idea that friendship is expendable or uh, deprioritized, a lesser priority than these other things, like uh, we, you know, that's that might be what's being reflected there. Yeah, I mean, we displace the idea of friends, like friends are the, you know, uh, you know, the people that you can go out and have fun with to take pictures so you can post it on social media or something, right? Um, and, you know, really, like, something that I that never sat right uh, with me was burdening romantic relationships with the expectations that we should be applying to friendship, right? This whole idea that I'm marrying, like, the, like the pinnacle yeah. of attainability, like, the pinnacle, the best kind of relationship you can ever hope for is to marry your best friend. So right, unsexy, right. and that and that trope of like when you when you do right, like often what happens too is like you lose all your other friends, 
especially yeah, like they of suddenly the just gender. drop off the like they just drop off the map. Oh, that's another that's another good one too. Like I noticed as I got older, um, like I used to have like I went to a big high school, very social, um, had a lot of friends, um, like both male and female. Um, as I got older, it got a lot harder to keep to make friends with men or keep the friendships that I already had. Um, I think that's just a that's. Um, like just being young, not knowing quite how to handle that dynamic. But like, if you're fr- like, if you're friends with a guy and you're a girl and then like, it's fine for a while in our early twenties, nobody's really settled yet. Everyone's generally like single or kind of, you know, just floating around. Once yeah. things start to get serious, I think it just gets weird to suddenly just like ping Michael and be like, Hey, you want to get Boba knowing that he has like <laughs> a serious girlfriend or a wife, like, you know, nothing's going to happen. And like, like I've known this guy for like 15 years and like, it's not, it's, like no, it's a friendship. It just still feels weird, and I think yeah. over time that just kind of builds though? up. I, I don't know. See, I don't. I don't know. I, I've thought about this a lot. I don't have a firm answer. I think it's you know case by case. In general, I understand it, right? So I mourn you know the friendships that kind of fell to the wayside, but I understand why it happened. Um, yeah, and I'd much rather like just let that one go, it, like than to risk like causing a rift in their relationship or something. Right. You know I, mean, I mean, that's a whole topic. I mean, that's definitely something I, I can comment. Yeah, I would, I have thoughts on, but like, that's like a whole nother basket. Yeah. Um, and I think, I mean, you know, John yeah. mentions uh, this issue of loyalty. And um, I, I've brought this up in the past just because I've seen um, this happen online where you have certain like cultish figures that, you know, become, uh, you know, attract a lot of attention and and seem to speak for a lot of people. And I think we know who I'm talking about here. And um, shout out, you piece of shit. Yeah. And that that creates um, this. There's a loyalty obligation there, which is like, Mm -hmm. if we're cool, that means that you're going to just basically listen to me you need to follow me like you know obedience and, uh, it turns into an obedience test yeah it's manipulation yeah, yeah but the th- yeah and then online it becomes very clear like when that happens but real life friendships also take this form as well sometimes yeah absolutely. and i think that um that can be a little bit more subtle but the thing about friendships i found is that you know when we say like friends are important like friendship is important that's true but that I think it cuts both ways in the sense that friendships are not exactly, you know, harmless and innocent. Like they're very important and sometimes complicated things that um, a lot of times we just think of friends like we we seem to conf- like we seem to mix it up with like casual acquaintance that we get to like better like you know you know what i mean like my neighbor you know like uh not, not really i think we the use friend really much more like broadly than than previously i think people yeah. used to have a better delineation between acquaintance and, and friend yeah i think now friends like now friend the, the concept is so is so diminished that we think i think a lot of us talk about friends as if they're just like our favorite acquaintances Right. But yeah, I mean, my experience is that friendships usually are formed around some sort of common goal or something else. There's like some basis underlying it. And it's not just, oh, I have I happen to really get along with this person and and, um, we like the same bar. We like the same hobbies or we like the same sport or whatever. Um, 
like, I think, I don't know, you could get really good close friends, like, if you join, like, a sports league or something, and there was something yeah. something that required... A common focus. Com- yeah, exactly, yeah. right? And so there's a real dedication that is required for people to become real friends to something other than just each other. Yeah, I think, like, the basis of friendship, I think, is often one of two things. One is longevity. And I think a lot of, like, old friendships have history, memories, and longevity, but often they don't have a common purpose because you just met when you were like both five and you happened to play baseball together. I don't know, but at least you have a whole lifetime's worth of you know fond memories to, to fall back on and stuff. And the other type of friend, I think, is kind of like us. We don't, in the big scheme of things, we haven't known each other very long, but we do have a common sense of purpose. Mm-hmm. And I think I prefer that kind of friendship because I don't know. You know, you ever catch up with friends and you just find out all you do is talk about the past and you're like, I don't know what we have in common anymore. Well, and I think just... that's a, I think that's a friendship that relies a little too much on, on history. And I also think that can bog you down in maybe clinging onto friendships that are, that are kind of past their, their yeah. like expiration date. Like, you know, relationships don't have to be the evergreen, you know, some have their that's time true. and place and you know, it's nothing wrong to be like, okay, I think we're on different, tracks of life or whatever and just move on and you know find people who are more in tune with whatever you are you're not the same person you know you were five 20 years ago or whatever and neither are they that's a good point um yeah i definitely think relationships have a timeline they have a lifespan of their own um and we're we're used to i think we're, we're too used to seeing the end as an automatic failure right right yeah yeah um similar to how we think about divorce right um, we're supposed to think of divorces as inherently tragic, right? Like it's, we talk about it in terms of like, it's like a death or something. And in a sense it is, um, I suppose. I've never been married or had a divorce, so I, I can't speak too clearly. Like I can't speak directly on that. It's like a rebirth. But, yeah. <laughs> you got a Ben Affleck uh, tattoo on your back, Dean. Yeah, but it's, but it's like, okay, so this, like, I don't know. I just see this as like, like, like we're living longer than ever, right? But we still kind of get married around the same age, right? Like late twenties is kind of that sweet yeah, spot for maybe most like people. a few years later than fifty years ago. But yeah, ultimately it's kind of like we're on the same stage yeah, of life. Yeah. So like so we we kept the same definition of marriage, but you're supposed to be in it for like twice as long <laughs> as they used as we used to, right? Like that's uh, like something's got to give here. So I I don't know. It seems it seemed much better to me to think about divorce as like a thing that just like a thing that has run its course uh, and has come to an end um, burdening it with the expectations that it's like like a like a death or some some giant tragedy seems excessive for this moment in time yeah I'm also thinking in the past when you got married you also were likely probably not to move around that much you probably like stayed where you were born which means you've got family you've got friends around Whereas now, I mean, uh, it's, it probably wouldn't be uncommon for a married couple to move around several times in which, yeah, they might be the only friends they have often because... Yeah, you know. that's kind of a scary position to be in. It's very isolating. And this puts a lot of uh, expectation on you as a spouse, I think. I don't think... I, I think marriage is like the most overloaded it's ever been now. Yeah, because you're business partners now too. Shit, yeah. So, uh, I mean, so you could be connected for like in a million different ways, and it, sometimes you'll be the only other person for your spouse to fall back on or lean on. That's a lot of that's that's a lot. That's too much. Yeah. No wonder these relationships are not lasting. Kind of talking about the different kinds of friends, right? Like looking at my friend group, 
I definitely people grow apart, you know, like if you, if you have an early childhood friend, like when, as you grow older, you may not have things in common. Um, but I don't, I mean, I, I don't personally think it's worth like trying to say you prefer one or the other, like the people that you don't have things in common with anymore, uh, you just naturally fall apart anyway. Right. And, um, and like, I'd say a common focus is definitely a, a core component of, um, my friendships as an adult. But I think as a kid, my friendships were really just chemistry based. Like you well, just you have no purpose hang- as a kid. Except yeah, exactly. Just have fun. Like, yeah. I mean, you, maybe your common focus is you go to school together, but even then that's not always the case, right? Like sometimes you just meet somebody and you're like, I don't well, know you're why. Also but navigating. I-, I-, I think that that's why you make such good friends when you're in school, because you're navigating like you're, you're navigating like a very, complicated like sort of social situation and you're forming cliques and you're forming factions and that's true but why that you know, person and, of all the hmm? people in your of all the people in your grade or whatever like why that person right like there's something uh, because about- you found you found something that you could cooperate together you know like you found out <laughs> that, that this person was a good person to collaborate with for for whatever uh, yeah. reason i'm not I saying mean, like you, you could put it that way yeah and a lot of it is uh and it manifests as a good feeling of that person yeah, I mean, I, I'm of the opinion that people, you, you can't, it's impossible to go out and be like, my goal is to make friends. I think you have to be like, my goal is to, like, I want to do this thing. I want to do something right. that requires me to uh, collaborate with other people or compete with <laughs> other people. And that wow. friendships, I think, are, are uh, formed as a res- as a as a response to like a need yeah i'm yeah. not entirely sure about like- that but yeah i think a common mistake a lot of people who want to make friends is they'll they'll go out with that explicit goal like i, I you know they might even lock onto someone project all sorts of even you know, fantasies on them when really i think the probably the best way especially as you get older and you know people aren't so you know you're not, you're not like that needy freshman just afraid of being alone like people don't really you know they kind of lose that neediness as they get older is is to like find out what you want to do and if you do that and you show it people who want to do the same thing will be drawn to you so i want to ask you guys a question what if the the need is just to have human companionship yeah right to some to some degree like i think it's just a human need i don't i think so too but like to fulfill that need because i think i think people are turned off by neediness and i think if you go out there with too explicit a a desire to to meet people come off as forced and you know you need something. You and need also, a foundation. Yeah, yeah. What is the basis of that? Need? Right. That. That's. Yeah. Mm, okay, What's the basis of the need? Where's the need coming from? I mean, sometimes because it's just think... a need to have fun, man. Like, it's yeah, just fine. fun that, hanging no, out. You know, like there's fine, no but... common purpose or like this person is not helping me with anything. You know, it's just like. Well, I, just I, I don't. Quite literally I, enjoyed. I don't think. I don't think joining a sports league is anything but fun. But that requires you to collaborate with people, right? Yeah, but I mean, um, but that's not even what I'm. I mean, I agree with that. That like, I definitely agree that you make friend through like a common goal or something. But I also think that and the reason I say that is because the real friendships are with people that you don't really have to be that nice to. That you can, <laughs> you can really throw down with when it comes to. Like, and we've all, the four of us and, and, and everyone else in plan A, we've been through this. We've, we've had shouting matches. We've, we've, um, been willing to be like, yeah, fuck you. Uh, you know, th- th- that's <laughs> bullshit. And, but like, you have to do that. But the only way that you can do that is if you have some kind of agreed 
goal or or frame you know something deeper than just i like you i don't know about that that doesn't that doesn't necessarily pan out uh from my experience but well are we talking like necessary versus sufficient so i think you like it is necessary to like uh like you won't have a friendship if you don't like them yeah Um, I think, uh, but I, I, I think I do agree that it's not sufficient because I've, I know, you know, I've had friends, you know, where it's just, I like them where I've had a long history with them. That ends up being a pre- kind of constrained friendship because you kind of have to watch yourself a lot. Like you kind of have to watch the room very carefully, not really go cut against the grain or say anything that's going to ruffle, uh, feathers. So it tends to be, it tends to default to a pretty anodyne relationship. Yeah, exactly. Because uh, it can't. It, it can't okay. take the stress. Yeah. And all my friends, all my closest friends, uh, you know, we've all been, it's all been forged through fire to some, to, to some extent. We've all been through some shit together. We've all survived something together. And we've usually, you know, uh, have all had our little falling outs or whatever because of some disagreement or whatever. It's not always just like, you know, hey, let's go get coffee, have some fun. Anyway, so, so let me guys ask you this question because I think a lot of our listeners are kind of like in their 20s or, uh, or early 30s. And I think that's a prime time when you start, you know, reassessing your life. Like, uh, you know, the, the friends who I'm with, I'm not sure if I have much in common with them or, or whatever. What advice would you give them if they're like, they're like, you know, how do I make new friends or how do I meet people who share my values? Especially if they're kind of like new values, if they had like a recent awakening of sorts. What, what would you guys say? Recent awakening. <laughs> Recent awakening. Um, I think it depends the on pill. why. They, like, they swallowed the taro pill. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Come to the planet uh, Discord. It, Lots of friends there. It, <laughs> low, low price of $5 a month. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a start. <laughs> it's a start. Um, the, yeah, this is about it. That's about as close as we can do to a plug. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, a half-hearted, yeah, you should sign up. Free friends. Um no, I mean, I think it's it's. I think it's a good time to be honest about what it is that that you're lacking in your life. I know this from personal experience because I definitely was not being honest with myself, right? I for a long time I was still in the mindset, um, you know, nothing is more important than me and you know my career, my prospects in life. Everything else is going to be secondary to that. So if I'm going to be cultivating friendships, it's you know, it's it's going to be productive or useful in some way. Um, that's a bad mindset to have. Um, it cost me dearly. Um, I'm, I mean, I'm not a mean person. It's not like I was like using people or being, you know, intentionally mean or something, but it did mean that even my closest friends, I would deprioritize spending time with them or, or talking to them or trying to take care of them for a long time. Like my closest friends for a long time while I was like, like bouncing between jobs, I would see her like once a year for a while and just kind of like send a text like, Oh, you know, thinking about you or whatever. Um, and that, and that to me seemed like, um, like enough, like this is, I'm doing like the bare minimum. I'm doing the bare minimum basically to just maintain the pretext of a friendship. Um, because I was deprioritizing everything else, uh, in, in order to barrel ahead in, uh, what I thought I wanted in life. So I wasn't being very honest with what I really wanted. And that wasn't fair to these people that I was still thinking of as my friends. Um, so if you're kind of like rethinking stuff, then I think it's, it's, it's time for introspection, right? It's time to be, if it's okay to say that, um, it's okay to say that I'm just lonely. I think it's very okay to say that we're not, I think it's, we're supposed to think of that as kind of a shameful thing to have to admit or something, but it's real. 
I, we're probably the most lonely people in history. Um, honestly, uh, it's okay to start there. Um, it's okay to, to, to start identifying like, okay, I think it's bad to also try to use friends to cover up some deficiency, right? Um, if you're feeling insecure about like, like dating, right? I think people use dating to cover up a lot of insecurities about themselves or to avoid thinking about deeper problems. Like the assumption that if you just found the right partner or if you found enough, you know, hookups who thought you were attractive enough to have sex with that you were validated. I, that's, not, that's never going to work. Never, ever going to work. Um, there's just never going to be enough, uh, validation to be able to fill that need. You got to do that work yourself. Um, which is entirely separate from saying like wanting companionship, wanting intimacy, wanting romance or wanting friendship are bad. That's not about that. It's what you are using them for. Um, that can go, that can go really wrong. You can hurt, you can actually hurt people. Um, and that's something that, that you know, we just have to think more carefully about. I, there's a lot of people hurting people out there um so i don't know that's i'll get off my soapbox <laughs> yeah i mean i'm a big proponent of kind of doing what we ended up doing which is meeting online. <laughs> start a part start a podcast <laughs> no just i know you joke about that but i have a friend who um when i met him a lot the last time i saw him he he has like a very specific interest he wants to pursue his career but he was kind of lamenting to me that he doesn't have any friends with that same level of interest that he has. And I just joked him, why don't you just start a podcast like I did? That's how I met these people. Like before I started Plan A, I didn't really know anyone who thought that deeply about Asian American stuff. I didn't know any people who liked to write, but you know, that's the way we did it. You don't have to start a podcast, but I think going online is a great space. Why not? We we find relationships and sex online. Friendships are probably at least less um, like, emotional high stakes than that so yeah why not i mean i can totally that's, that's, that's my too. point chris is like i don't yeah. think that we became friends because we wanted friends no we became yeah. friends because we we're like i need allies to help me go yell at this person <laughs> right you know like i need allies to back me up because like uh people are saying dumb shit on on the internet and getting upvotes <laughs> or likes and i need my own likes you know like like we got to coordinate here yeah. yeah. Okay, he didn't want a, friends. We, he wanted comrades. We form a pack. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He wanted comrades. Yeah. I think teen also you're kind of like you're I I feel you're examining it more from like an adult point of view because one point that I was going to bring up is that are, as I get old, at yeah, we are adults, but I'm also thinking friendship. I when I'm thinking friendship, I'm talking like back to when I'm 5 even. Um as I get older, my friendships and how I approach friendship is definitely more intentional. For mm -hmm. sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and so that's why I, I totally agree, like a common point of focus or something like that is important. Definitely now um, in adulthood, I le much less important when I was a kid. And I was just like, yeah, hey, there's and that I, kid and in it's my like, neighborhood I have friends that I like, like hanging that, out obviously. with. I have friends mm -hmm. that go back from when we were children or even in college when we were a lot um, less mature. And the nature of our friendship is different. It's It's based on familiarity it's almost like family yeah and i'm pretty sure that for a lot of my friends that i that are like my very closest friends if we had mutual uh amnesia um we would not a lot of them we would not be friends again yeah, yeah you yeah, lose the entire sure. basis of that friendship That's gonna which happen. is like yeah. a shared history and I, and to be honest i wouldn't want to rebuild that with someone that i didn't know well you can't because i don't i don't want to revert to my needy five-year-old self or whatever yeah, yeah. or my okay i'm a i'm an adult i can't do that i'm not going to do that with someone I feel like that's me, a condescending you know? way to go about it but all right 
Mm, but yeah. it's true. It's true. Yeah, I mean, because he wants like, a friend. <laughs> the bait. Well, I'm, no, it's not like I don't want friends. It's just like the basis on creating new friendships. It has to be at the level of where you're at right now. Yeah, of course. You can't. You know, you just you can't go back and make those those deep level friendships that you had when you were young that are based basically on look, I just know you and I love you. That was a previous that's stage it. of life. You're like you're like a like a brother to me. Yeah. But that's because I knew you since I was like before I could even speak. Yeah, I've, but right? they exist, right? I mean, that's that's But they exist. Yeah. yeah. I'm just saying I, it's not I'm not going to recreate that because No, no, no kidding. I'm I mean, a I'm, I'm a fucking grown man now. Yeah. I've also kind of had I don't know if this is an advantage or disadvantage. Maybe you guys could discuss, but I've been kind of forcibly cut off from a lot of old friends. I mean, first, like, you know, I grew up in Vancouver, but then I went off for college quite far away and then my parents moved back to Korea. So with those high school friends and even earlier, um, I mean, I still talk to them in chat groups and stuff, but I have no prospect of seeing them anytime soon. So, you know, it's not even my choice to not be able to like really be friends with them anymore because they're just too far away. And then, um, you know, I spent a couple of years in Korea, made some friends there, but also that was like a very transitory period. And then go off to law school, but you know what? Law school, I, I wasn't there to really make friends. <laughs> I don't mean to sound like a reality show contestant, but you know, it was just there to like you know, kind of get professional <laughs> training. And I made some good friends too. But just so it happened, a lot of them did not even stay on the East Coast and went to California and yeah. places like that. So then, when I came to New York, I was really I knew some college friends here, but again, with them, I spent some time away from them, and there a lot of them are kind of like on different tracks of life. A lot of them have started families now, even. So it wasn't really until I met you guys. Like my closest friends now are everyone I met since coming to New York. It doesn't really go farther back than like 2016 uh, when I came here. Huh. So it's it's I, I've been forced to make that choice to have this like kind of this refreshing, I guess, of friend groups. Uh, so I I hope that's like a plus, but you know that's the only experience I have. So I can't compare it to anything else. I mean, it shows that you can make new friends. Yeah, yeah I'm so popular, guys. That's that's what yeah. I was really trying to say. I'm so popular. <laughs> So are you saying like, like do, do you think that's you good that, that there to, are regular not, cycles? Yeah, yeah. Do you think that's think good, it's good or bad? Have, I, I wouldn't yeah. like make a judgment call like, oh, if you don't do this, you know, you're not like paying enough attention to your friends or whatever, right? You're not being intentional about your friendships enough, or like vice versa. Uh, I think if it happens, it happens. I, I personally um, do put a certain amount of value in old like friends that have you know, that I've been people that I've been friends with for a long time, because I think, I think it's, um, aside from just like the familiarity and like all the good memories and things like that. Uh, I think it's important. I, I think it's valuable to know somebody who knew you at a certain point of your life. Yeah. And, oh, oh, actually, mm -hmm. do you know why I think I've been able to do that very easily? Cause my brother, I live with my brother. We're just one year apart. So I'll always have him. So uh -huh. he is like, even if I lose contact with all my old friends, my yeah. brother's you're that there. Base. So. You're that family base. Yeah. 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 And I, it mm -hmm. for sure happens. I've, I keep in contact with, you know, a couple people from a long, long time ago, but, but I mean, I've, you know, lost friend groups, uh, like in the same high school, even, you know, I've lost friend groups or like basically, um, or like switching high schools, you know, or like after college, you lose a lot of friends, especially when you move away. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so I can relate to that and I think it's going to happen naturally. Like, I don't think it's a good thing or a bad thing. It just happens according to life circumstance. One thing I was going to say about being intentional about friendships is, yeah, as people kind of drift away, like if you think about it and you decide, hey, this is somebody I want to keep as a friend or maintain my friendship with, 
uh, I'm finding more and more that I have to be like very conscious of that and put in effort to maintain the friendship, you know? Um, like if I just wait for one of us to like run into each other by happenstance, uh, it, it could be like six months, like Jess was saying, until I talk to them. All right. Uh, so LA is just doing LA things. Jess recorded a power outage. So she unfortunately dropped out. So uh, John, why don't you just uh, go t- uh, pick up where yeah, you, where, you, you uh, where did we, we, okay. I don't know exactly where we left off, but basically I was just saying, um, on the topic, on the theme of intentionality, um, one thing I am finding is that it's important. Like if you, you know, reflect and you decide, Hey, this is somebody that I want to keep in my life as a friend, or I, I value my friendship with this person. Um, you gotta be much more intentional about maintaining, uh, that friendship and like keeping it a healthy friendship. Right. Which means like reaching out, being proactive about like, Hey, you want to go do this or whatever, right? Um, because when you're younger, you just cross paths so easily. It's uh, it's easier. But then as you get older, your schedule gets busy. You have less energy. Uh, you really have to carve out time to maintain those friendships. Otherwise, you might find yourself in a position. I guess that's why doing a, a podcast is so good. You're essentially guaranteed to have like an hour long plus conversation every week. I mean, like. <laughs> I didn't do that with yeah. my friend, any of my friends before, you know, before that's like true. plan A. A lot of people, I think that's what a therapist is. It's a pair. It's a sort of someone who, who is um, like a replacement for. Uh, to friendship. a degree, to a degree. I think there's yeah, like a, like a listen buddy, that. like somebody who listen to you yeah. um, and will not cast judgment. I mean, hopefully, hopefully your therapist I mean, they are judging there you. for emotional support, but they also provide like, good actionable advice you know that but that's what I, I friends are supposed to do no yeah. i don't know well, i wouldn't friends, con- yeah. i wouldn't conflate the two because no no because, provide- no 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 hold on no this, no 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 you hold on no you hold on no fuck you no fuck <laughs> yeah. you fuck you asshole no listen i've i've thought about this and you're gonna shut the fuck up and listen to me biatch all right no just kidding wow. the 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 thing about the with the therapist thing is what came first right Friendships or the lack of friendship requiring people to see therapists, right? Therapist to me is, I think, not to knock it, not to say I've never, I don't have one, but not to knock it, not to say it's not very important, not to, but it is, I think, something that people have these days because we're missing something, and I think that it's uh, often a lack of friends, and I, I personally don't think of it as friends as being necessarily someone you're like emotionally close with or quote intimate with or whatever uh like i said a lot of times a friend is someone who you just rely on for something or you're cooperating with them for something or and i think that if you go back and you look at why are you friends with certain people from school i don't know about you jong obviously but for me looking back if i really think about it it's because we were playing games all the time. We were, fi- we were we were trying to figure shit out. We were trying to find ways to get the best housing on campus, to get the best classes on campus. We were trading information. We were trying to meet girls together. We were like, there was just a lot of things we were trying to accomplish together every day, all the time. And that's why we became friends. We didn't become friends because, you know, um, I just happened to really like this person and... I wanted to. Yeah, as I said, you know what I mean. As you get older, like 
how you approach friendship changes. You know, it's a gradual. Well, no, process. I think I think it's I think as you get older, the way you approach life changes, and the the number the 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 um, how do I put it the um, the number of opportunities to engage in the kind of stuff we engaged in when we were like in college or, or high school. Uh, diminishes, right? You just, you, we got to go to our job and we just got to work. And it's, well, yeah. I don't know, work, work friends is a different, it's kind of, it's kind of weird because work is a lot different from school. It's, I've I mean, never had a work friend and I never had a desire for a work friend. I don't know about okay. you guys, but it was just, I mean, uh, at the at the law firm I worked at when I first came to New York, I had some friends, but there were people I knew from law school and a lot of them left very quickly. I had, I had a couple of friends because we were all like Korean. So we had that together, I guess. But I never felt any connection with, with somebody working down in the next office. Maybe you, we talk about, I don't know, a TV show okay, we both but- like, but it was so thin. Like even if we were working at the same place, because we both knew like none of us would stay here that long and and whatever. But yeah, so work friends, I, I just never. I have a few so that I'm close Wait, before with. We but, that, yeah. Before we go to that, before we go to that, I just want to, I want to make my case for why I am pushing back so strongly on that. Because like, I agree with you that there is an overlap, right? There is overlap. And I do also, you know, I, I'm in, I think there's some merit to the, to your point that like, or to your, to your claim that, um, that people are finding this more because they have less friends than like their social networks are smaller or their friend circles are smaller than, than previously. But and here's the hard but is that like therapists do provide services that most friend most people and these are the people that are likely to be your friends are not qualified to handle they they like they do very much provide a, a specific professional function that most people are not equipped to do and i don't think it's quite you know at least that needs to be acknowledged like yes therapists can provide that emotional support regular emotional support but they also provide things that most pe- many people are not equipped. Yeah, to. No, I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with that. I'm just saying that 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 at that point, I think a lot of the problems that you're bringing to a therapist um, are created in this sort of like very deprecated social environment that we live in, right? And so. What I'm saying is that the therapist is needed because friendship has been destroyed. And um, I think a lot of, the, and families has been, have been destroyed. And I think if we lived in an environment where family and friends were a lot bigger parts of our lives versus just this mindless devotion to, you know, wor- work and children, that uh, I don't think people would need therapists as much. You know, so yeah, no, I agree. They're specialists and they know things that you're, you know, just your average friend is not going to know and they have trained advice that they give. I, I agree with that. Um, and I'm not saying that a, a therapist is merely a replacement for a friend, but I'm saying that okay. the therapist is required because the notion of friendship has been so deprecated that, yeah. you know, and so I guess my point being um, that, um, uh, yeah, I think, and you know, it's funny, like my first, uh, like step into the breach of like Asian American online shit was a post in our Asian masculinity where I was like, I, I noticed like a lot of people were pretty young and I, I, I wrote this post just saying like, y'all are just thinking too much about women and sex and dating and getting laid. It's, it's just too much. 
Yeah. And I was like, at your age, you know, assuming you're in college or shortly after college, I mean, my advice to you, if, if I could give advice to myself at that time would be far more important than, than finding someone to date is finding a group of friends that you will get into trouble with, that you will go through a ton of yeah. experiences with. Because yeah. that is what I think I will. That. Yeah, like that, and th- that was the first time. Because I that was the first time I I got a big response to a post uh, in Asian online spaces. Got that Reddit gold. Got the Reddit gold. Yeah, <laughs> and and I was just telling people nice. like, and I met people in real life later who was like, hey, you know, I I that post we circul- circulated a lot or whatever, because no one ever said that to them before. Because I, I do think that there's been uh, maybe too much focus on yourself and and as a result dating you know like as a as a measure of yourself and not I think enough it's also, on on cementing friendships yeah i think it's also um kind of a blind leading the blind type of situation you know like i think <laughs> i mean no look because like even as like an older guy i mean one okay we know that that crowd skews young right like early 20s to mid maybe late 20s by the time you're getting to your late 20s you're already on the older end um and so like the people that stick around that long um presumably they they may not have like figured it out right um or they did and they've moved on with their life and then like even some people that do stick around i guess me um well i I just kind of discovered it later too but um just might still be like too close or just not have that perspective, but you came in, uh, I think with like a fresh, you know, you, you've like seen it, you've experienced it, you've had time to process it, you've gone through it. Um, and that allows you like looking back, that allows you to kind of distill down to like, what was really the important thing? And I think that is, I, I thought it was good advice because a lot of those guys, when they come on, they do mention like they don't really have a crew or some friend group right? Maybe not necessarily loners, like they've had friends, but they don't, there isn't that feeling of like, oh yeah, I've got my group of friends and we, that's, that's my, you know, that's the crew that I get in trouble with. I do think it's a little difficult to find a crew though, like outside of maybe a campus setting, because finding individuals you like is I think a lot easier than finding a group. Cause like a group, everyone else has to like each other too. Um, yeah. So that, I think, I think that's a group is that... easier if you have a purpose and you <laughs> right, right, people, right, yeah. right. It, well, yeah. Like, how um, many team times sports, have we met? Team sports. <laughs> yeah, team sports. Yeah. I mean, how many times have, or band, you know, join a band or something, you know? Yeah. But like, I guess that's not really what people do these days. They do podcasts, right? But like, what podcasts I mean, are new rock stars? Yeah. Like, how many times did we meet someone because we needed something from someone, you In know? And, and it's transactional. And relationships are transactional. That doesn't mean that they're shallow. That doesn't mean that you don't really care about the person. But uh, you, you know, it is about what you can do for someone else. Yeah, like if you, you think know, about so, it, mm-hmm. a relationship that's not transactional means like some somebody's not like contributing anything, which means it's probably like a toxic relationship. Somebody's like exactly. all the life out of I don't, I don't agree with I that think, assumption. I think that if that it's not clear what purpose. Uh, there is to this, it, there might be a toxic element to it of like codependence and stuff. I'm not saying 100%, but there are such things as toxic friendships. And I think Absolutely. friendship is is not something that's uniformly good. That's the thing about friendships. That's what I was trying to say, I guess, in the beginning was you can't think of friendships as universally good. 
be and 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 they're not and they're not bland and they're not um they're not acquaintances is my point right an acquaintance is bland an acquaintance is harmless it's hard to have a toxic acquaintance right but you can definitely have a very bad friend that has a very bad effect on you yeah and that's why you know i think that um you know people should think about it more it's it friendship yeah. is a your friend your friends are your cabinet it's your cabinet it's your wolf pack. You're, I mean, humans, you know, humans are, uh, you know, pack animals, right? Like we're like, we, we definitely have to be careful about the company we choose. Yeah. Speaking so. of um, prioritizing friendships over like dating or sex, something I've been kind of doing more lately is when I match with someone on a dating app and, you know, for whatever reason, like I, I don't, you know, romantic chemistry is not working out either. Like, cause I, I'm not that into them or they're not that into me, but you know, there are people you still find very interesting, especially if they're like in a field that you you, you just like yourself. And I found yeah. that that's actually a pretty interesting way to make friends. And well, somebody I met, I guess, several months ago, we've we become friends and we we're just talking. And I was just like, you know what? Like dating, finding someone to date is pretty easy. Um, finding friends is actually harder. <laughs> so it's like if you, if you click with somebody and sure, maybe you don't want to maybe there's a, not, not that much sexual chemistry, but you know, what is a friend, but a cool and interesting and kind person whom you just don't want to fuck, you know, it is um, like that. I guess the only um, limitation is this is all opposite gender friends. Uh, you don't, I don't meet male friends this way. And it makes me think uh, there's probably like friend apps uh, in the I don't works. Think it'll work. I don't know if that'll yeah, really I work. work. I think that's a little weird. But I, there's like Bumble friend. I know Bumble has a, a friend um, function. Uh, I don't know how many people. Use, I, I know some people who use it. But I, I think that's a little strange. I think especially for guys, it might be a little weird uh, to just just because of various reasons. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's that's my experience. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm of the opinion that um, just based on experience that Friend, friendship requires a reason with dating the the reasons are obvious right like the reasons are not mysterious as to why people are looking for a partner mm -hmm. right they want they 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 uh want to get laid and they and uh deeper and they even deeper than that uh they may want to start a family right like those are the reasons like it's so clear and obvious but um with friendships if you don't since, like you said, this the, clearly it's not about um, is it, the, the 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 underlying basis is not uh, like I want to have sex with this person or I want to like be in a long term relationship and get married and have kids with my friend, right? That's not what it is. So, what is the underlying basis for it? And I think if the underlying basis for it is, oh, I think this person's really nice, I think that's an acquaintance. If the underlying basis is basis for it is like I, you know, uh, oh, we need to add a drummer to the band. <laughs> Or we need a goalie or we need, you know, or we need someone that knows how to edit video or we need someone that can make a connection for us there or whatever. Uh, if that person follows through, like, you know, that's a solid basis for a friendship there, right? Is mm -hmm. It can, it can be, even be something as someone who is really into the kind of weird stuff I'm into. I, you know, just like uh, maybe you really like this yeah. TV show that everybody hates, but only you like. And you finally find someone that I think that's a pretty solid basis because you know what? That probably is an outgrowth from some shared yeah. philosophy you have, in which case you'll have more in common. But even then, like it would be better if that person was into writing or something and you got. Yeah, yeah. That, so that's what I'm saying. Write, you probably write together or. Yeah, you probably. Yeah. That will probably not be the only kind of unique thing 
you both will have in common. Yeah. And then the friendship progresses from there because it's like, oh, this person knows someone that you should meet. They can yeah. put you in touch yeah. with. And that the network starts growing. And, yeah, and that's like how social circles. It. And then yeah. you all kind of probably like the same type of person and, yeah. and et cetera. Yeah. I think there has to be some underlying principle uh, or some underlying reason and goal. You know, that's the way it works. Although I, think. I just thought of this, but mm-hmm. what if that leads to just more like social bubbling? Because that's kind of what happens a lot online, right? Where people just only talk to people who are like them. Mm-hmm. Maybe in the past you could have more a uh, mixed groups because if you everyone's just friends with people who are, they were friends with in like third grade, you never know what those people's like politics and cultural tastes uh, eventually kind of be like. But because you're all friends, you kind of learn to. Yeah, well, it depends. It depends. It depends on if you're that kind of person. Like, if you're kind of a shallow, shitty person, you're going to make shallow, <laughs> shitty friends. But if you are looking for people who can come through on a regular basis that are reliable, dependable, that you understand that this person is approaching it with the same level of commitment as you or whatever, or whatever it is, I don't know, but it's going to be mutual, right? And the bubbling, I think, you know, who is susceptible to the bubbling is people who are, you know, who are fizzy themselves. So I don't know. I, I don't, who cares about what happens to other people? You know, like, I I don't think people are going to be really good friends with people that don't come up to their standard, that don't come up to what they think of as, you know, um, no, how, definitely not. how a friend should treat them. Right. So, you know, if you meet if you meet a ton of shallow, shitty people and I mean, how many shallow, shitty people have we come across the Internet? Countless. <laughs> we don't become friends with yeah. them. <laughs> you know, right. it's, it's I was public. talking more in terms of like, you know, cultural tastes and politics, things like that, as opposed yeah. to, you know, uh, whether someone's a good person or not. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's a yeah. whole other episode. You, a lot you want to, to talk about work into. friends? Um, yeah. Um, I mean, not really, other than the fact that I, I don't have them and okay. never really wanted to make them. But Chris, teens the, only wor- the only work friends that I really make, like that are close friends, are the ones that we would spend a lot of time. <laughs> that's the common focus. Work. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> um, that's that's how you make a friend at work. <laughs> I think that's a, a good starting point, but definitely not long enough. Because if, if your only common point is bitching about work, then once you part ways, right? Like you don't have that common point anymore. No. Oh, yeah, no. From there on, you realize, you know, you get once you start bitching about work, I feel like you you pop a certain yeah. bubble between there's the a, two of you. There's, and there's you trust and loyalty person because you're not locked in. Yeah, you're not locked in a competition of like, yeah. you know, who's the better worker. And so therefore you can like kind of let loose a little bit and then spend a lot of time together. You end up talking about a lot of shit, you know, uh, you end up uh, saying, oh, hey. Uh, maybe we'll go play ball sometime. Maybe we'll yeah. go shoot some guns sometime. That's pretty whatever, consistent with my experience. Yeah. Pe- yeah. Friends that I've made at work. Yeah. Also, like that bitchingness probably stems from some shared value, whether it's Definitely. this uh, skepticism of, of like climbing the corporate ladder or maybe you're like hardcore communist or whatever. You'll ha- it's more yeah. than just whining. I mean, hopefully. Uh, and then that'll go deeper. And if you share that yeah, value, you probably share other values. Yeah, I make a lot. I end up making a lot of like black friends at work because mm-hmm. I think there's a part of us that's like, man, fuck these white people. Yeah, <laughs> I feel that <laughs> for real. You know. Yeah. Um. So. All right. Um. Well, why don't we wrap it up here? Uh. Poor just at the still. Yeah. What do I have? Is dealing it, with that blackout. Is so. it the heat? Maybe. Um. I don't know if it's just her house or if they ha- they're like these rolling blackouts that they you know always get in that part of the country. Yeah. Um. Any any last thoughts that or miscellaneous things you want to say before we wrap this up? 
Um, no, I thought that. Thanks for proposing the topic. I thought I think it's a really important topic. Um, we could probably get more into it some other time. Yeah, I yeah. think it's a uh, yeah. I, I think there are many unexplored uh, aspects of it that we could we could attack this from, especially like with the racial angle to it. I think there's a lot of there. I think there's a lot of peculiar peculiar issues around friendship and being Asian. There's American. what there's actually yeah on that. It's, like particular point one thing i've i'm kind of curious if you guys have noticed this like do you guys ex- experience where you're quick to become friendly with another asian guy but like an actual friendship doesn't necessarily materialize if that makes sense um hmm. i feel like every asian male friend i meet nowadays is through plan a so it okay. it, it actually progresses pretty quickly different. uh but yeah as i said because i don't really have any like work friends that's like probably the primary place i would see like an asian guy but oh i should say hi and stuff like that so there like i i just have no recent experience okay to draw from i see all right i've because i find that a- happens. asian in mm. my field in law and finance like other asian guys in in the office are often very buttoned up and uh very committed to like you know career striving and I, I find that to be a real impediment to fr- me making friends with people because I just don't really gel with people who are stressing about work all the time. That makes sense. What about outside of work, though? People that you meet outside of work? Uh, I'm like Chris. I, most of that is like through okay. and stuff now. Okay. Yeah. In terms of, although not necessarily true. Um, but yeah, it just depends on personality, man. But a lot of the people that I meet are career very career driven people. And I, I find that is a very big barrier to, huh. to getting to know someone. Okay. In my opinion, but that's, that's just me. That's part. I mean, if I was a big career striver, maybe that's different. And I'd be like, Oh damn, this person can help me help, help me network. Okay. Can, can help me, uh, tell me about job opening. I don't know. It's not even like that. Like a lot of situations and these are all social situations, like no professional context at all. Um, it's almost like, me and the Asian other Asian guy in the room like notice each other and we're like, oh, I'm not the only one. And then we start talking and then we hit it off very quickly. Um, maybe out of like, I don't know, like co-preservation or something. Um, but uh, but anyway, like it's just really friendly really quickly. But then like for whatever reason, you don't cross paths with them again or they, you know, you guys just never. I mean, that's that, I mean, that's most people Asian uh, or not, right? Most you think so? Most people. Uh, you don't think it's just a. I mean, they they say this about Americans a lot too. I think we're quick. We're quick to become very friendly. We're quick on the, you know, that's becoming very friendly. That's true. Very open. But the difficult thing in America is actually making deeper friendships. Whereas, in I yeah. think in countries with more traditional cultures, and this is coming from like a French person, who who was saying this, in Paris, for example, nobody's friendly. You don't yeah. really get a lot of smiles and random conversations. But on the other hand. You know, you can you can um, the friendships run a lot deeper there. So I thought that was interesting. I see. So maybe mm. I'm just like observing the interaction between two different phenomena. Right. Then, yeah, that was a, that was a really cool discussion. I think uh, I think our, a lot of listeners um, are going to appreciate that because I think it's something that everybody is is goes through. Um, maybe especially nowadays, as I said, because if you're a student, you might not even really have a campus anymore. If you're if you're counting on 
the, the workplace to be your social circle might not even have that. So it's like, how else are you going to do it? Yeah. Hatch so, some plans. That's how you make friends. Hatch some plans that involve other people. Schemes. Schemes. Um, Scheme. uh, <laughs> ploys. Yeah. Uh, big fan of ploys. Yeah. yeah. Uh, frauds. No, not frauds. Uh, <laughs> those are good. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, all right. Conniving. Um, uh, thanks for joining us, everyone. And please tune in next time for our next episode. Bye. All right, Bye, everyone.